Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. The AFC West marches on as we touch down in Los Angeles for the LA Chargers. Um, yeah, man. The um, is this the year that I don't say San Diego anymore? Maybe San Diego supercharges San Diego. That's uh, you know. That's Speaking fun. of San Diego, I did just finally uh, enter the market at minus one twenty on the USA Panama Gold Cup. Ooh, uh, my Patriot. Uh, we got we we got we made some money in the Copa de Brazil, so mm. reinvesting. USA, USA is zero and two lives. today, so we're due. Uh, we're due. Both uh, Madison due. Keys and Chris Eubanks crash out of Wimbledon today. It is officially now a European tournament to lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, and there's no American baseball. No, no, I don't know why right. I called it American baseball. American baseball. Well, it's a world sport. Um, yeah, it is. Right. There's Korean baseball, Japanese baseball, but we're going to talk about American football. And if you listened uh, or if you followed along on YouTube, we did them both in a row. But Dan slowly trickles them out one team at a time, which is more fun, I think, for sorting it out in the podcast feed. But we did the Raiders, um, which we said had a pretty long tail to the under. Due to their quarterback signing, we did the Broncos, who we're cautiously optimistic about due to, you know, the two most important hires, a quarterback and a coach. We think they have the coach and the quarterback, you know, man, <laughs> he might have something left in the tank. I'd say uh, I'd say it's 60-40. He still does. And that that team can make a little bit of noise. So beyond to the, the two better teams as perceived by the market and the chargers. And after that, your champions, the chiefs. And as always, we'll, uh, we'll kind of start with the 2022 recap. This was a, let's we start at the end. It was a really ugly ending for the season. And it, man, it wasn't looking like it. I, I don't know what your overall thought process was. When the Chargers were in the playoffs, let's say pre wild card, excuse me, pre super wild card weekend, you know, I, I don't think we had a lot of high hopes for them winning like three or four games, but it's like, hey, this is a step forward. They make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They probably can win this game. And I mean, then the second half happens. <laughs> I guess at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um... You know, uh, my takeaway was 2022 was ultimately a success because they got into the playoffs and they got Justin Herbert's feet wet. You wanted to kind of get that first playoff run out of the way. And who knows? Um, Ultimately, they were cursed. So you didn't have super high hopes that uh, they could win a Super Bowl. But um, yeah, it definitely felt like, um, you know, the AFC was takeable last year. Okay, I guess here's here's the thought. Three teams pushed their chips in the table around young quarterbacks last year. Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins, and the LA Chargers. We were pretty critical of the <laughs> two way... of massive injury clusters. Yeah, that's true. Um, but in particular, the decision that the um, uh, Chargers made in terms of how they pushed their chips in, what positions they went after, and where they left kind of pretty gaping holes and some pretty obvious weaknesses, it was a little suspect. It was not a clean obvious roster build success and you know you 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 live with the choices you make about you know going out and spending free agent dollars on jc jackson and bringing in an over-the-hill khalil mack and um and letting the offensive line be so thin that an injury to rashawn slater means that you see meaningful snaps from storm norton um and you adapt you 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 survive and you survive and adapt and i guess i would say considering that uh, they lost an uh, an absolute heartbreaker week two at Kansas City, a game that they really was in their hand. Uh, and then not only lost that game, but had uh, Justin Herbert uh, sustained broken ribs in that game. 
Um, the fact that they ultimately rallied over the balance of the season and got the, you know, pushed their way into a playoff picture and, you know, we're, you know, we're 50, 50 shot pregame, you know, on the road in the playoffs is that's a successful season, I think. Uh, and yet some pretty clear decision-making at the front office level, some pretty clear decision-making in the coaching uh, room, both management of the game, as well as, just in general, how you're deploying your players in a meaningless Week 18 game uh, ultimately cost the Chargers from playing more than one <clears throat> game, uh, and that ultimately could, uh, uh, you know, could kind of put a ceiling on this team taking a step forward this year. Um, I didn't, uh, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really bet many Chargers games last year. Uh, you know, the the handful that I really felt like I had a decent read on. Um, you know, complicated circumstances and or it was literally just preying on the uh, the fact that they didn't have a left tackle. Um, I don't know. It was a, it was an up and down season for a team that was very, very tough to put your finger on, I guess, uh, coming, you know, going in and coming out. The major uh, kind of note that I had was Brandon Staley not to be trusted. Yeah, I think a lot of it was, oh, man. It was it was like sad. It was like a sad second, like a, a guy we fell in love with in 2021 and Brandon Staley, because it's like, oh man, like hey, if if like I don't know the old school football, like if, if Michael Lombardi is mad at your decision making, you're doing something right. Like hey, you're 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 being aggressive on fourth down. Uh, most of the metrics are proving it's not just some randomness that we've seen with some other coaches. Like you're making correct choices. Like you're fucking cool. And then you get to 2022, and whatever it was just made them uncool. Like uh, it was it was like the the end of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Man, it got lobotomized. It just wasn't cool anymore. And man, and then chief, and then there's a chief in that story too. Jesus, <laughs> this is this is weird, but wild parallel. Um, yeah, that the the neutering, self neutering of just like the aggressiveness by Staley, and then the play calling, and it wasn't just a you know, it was a little of everything. It was you know the the fact that you have a big armed quarterback who can make these throws, not only just, not just like, Hey, his deep ball, his deep ball to the outside, his intermediate ball to the outside, like throwing from hash to hash, like mm -hmm. some of the stuff he can do. And then they're, Hey, let's, let's run a uh, five yard comeback. Hey, let's, let's throw to the running back more, mm -hmm. almost more than anybody. And you, yeah, you had a running back who's like a yak monster, but like, it's just not the way to play the game with the the cards you've been dealt at that point. And then, and then at that point, the injuries started to happen. And I don't know if we need to go through every injury because I mean, the, the biggest ones were obviously losing your left tackle. You lost uh, Lindsley sat out some time. JC Jackson missed a bunch of time. Uh, I think uh, Keenan Allen was what, like mid October. He finally played and after missing what, like eight, nine games in the middle, you had a bunch of, kicker issues uh you had a tight end go on the on the ir it was it was pretty bleeping messy uh, and i guess slater is probably the biggest one and obviously bosa during that same time as well so it's kind of hard maybe to to say like hey the coaches and the scheme was fucked up because it, it changed a lot when you go from like an all pro tackle to Boy, the depth just was not there at that position. It, it really was a huge delta, and that changes things. But at the same time, like you can't, you just can't be that tentative about going, pushing the ball down the field with that kind of quarterback, and you can't play like they did in the red zone. Like to have that sort of scheme and that sort of success rate in the red zone with the weapons you have, it's it's just sucked. I, I don't know, like what's the big positive outside of. I think you, you kind of found a positive inside of a negative saying like Justin Herbert got a playoff game. Yeah. He's, you know, if, if you take the results and throw it away, it's a positive that he got a playoff game under his belt and he got to play in the postseason. And now, you know, a better team, if, if they can get this shit together and, you know, maybe really make some noise this year, he doesn't have that stinker to get out of the way at this point. He has a little experience. That's a positive. And then too, just like when he broke it, it was cartilage, I think. I think he had some, it was messed up rib cartilage. And we were just, I mean, 
we should never say 100% for anything, but I was about as close to 100% as there is for he's not playing. Oh, yeah. And then he just, and then he's just like, yeah, I'm playing. I'm, I, I want to play. So it, it was, I think maybe that's why we didn't have a lot of bets on Kansas or Kansas City and LA. They were really hard to just understand what the what the product was going to be that week, and that amount of uncertainty didn't always didn't always present the best betting angles. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking back on their schedule, they had a super duper easy start start to the season, um, and yet they were five and three. You know, it was uh, and honestly against the spread, yeah, they were 500 hundred team, um, and a ton of that is attributable to. The injury to Slater and the uh, the injury to um, to Herbert. I people we know who are super good with information were pretty 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 sure that Herbert was not going to play, and um, that I guess is sort of an indication of maybe the number one ding you can make on the organization in the long arc, right? Besides the fact that they stumbled into a home stadium that has zero home field advantage. The other kind of organizational f up is they cannot seem to keep players healthy. This doesn't seem like a coincidence that they're one of the most injured teams year after year after year. And when you look at sort of organizational decision making, letting Justin Herbert play through the injury was a mistake, in my opinion. Get that guy right. It's the third week of the season for Christ's sakes. Like it is a long. You have a long way to go. Like there's really was no reason to put him at risk. Um, Letting you know, put making or just having Mike Williams in the game week eighteen was pretty inexcusable. That was the biggest singular fuck up of the entire year for them. Uh, This is a team that is on record in recent memory as taking their franchise quarter or not their franchise, their starting quarterback out with a needle pregame in terms of uh, you know just giving him treatment. There's just kind of a litany of mismanagement. For at the team level for player health and safety and longevity that I don't think you can attribute to chance and happenstance. It's yeah, if mismanagement. You, if, <laughs> if you get hit by a car as like a pedestrian or a biker, like, oh, that's probably bad luck. Like, yeah, bad sure. things happen. If it happens like once a year, <laughs> like, <so> people <laughs> are going to start problem. questioning. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> are right. you? You may be walking across the street in the dark. Do you have an opioid addiction? Or, <laughs> What's yeah, like, happening are, here? are you jumping in front of cars? Like at a certain <laughs> yeah, point, things right. that things that feel like just bad luck, if it happens long enough, it, it starts to become like organizational yes. mismanagement, like you said. Uh in an organization who's had a history of questionable characters. That's right. Their, Two uh, is a medical department. <laughs> yes, that's right. Two is a coincidence, <clears throat> three is a trend. Uh, Force the Chargers. Mi- yeah, for- Force the Chargers. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. So, he- so here's that sort of the why. So this and is- and that's this- the here's thing. why We've this is betting this- relevant. You ready? This is yeah, why right. this is relevant. The bear, the person who bore the blame ultimately for the Chargers not realistically contending last year was the offensive coordinator, Lombardi. Sure. He gets fired, he gets replaced by Kellen Moore. And ultimately, it's that's the big move for them in the offseason. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and you know, the the reality is there are there are about a dozen things you can point to that are problems, questions, issues, including what we just went over in terms of just is the organization gonna keep warm bodies on the field that I think are relevant. Um, is Brandon Staley going to continue to make minus CV decisions on the field? Yes, probably. Uh, is the, you know, is there an issue with GM and coach in terms of who's actually making the decisions there and a power struggle and, or just in general, a trickle down of, you know, you're going to do it this way because I can't fire another coach. It seems like that's possible. Um, is there uh, a, a, an incomplete grade? Do we, are we still kind of an, at an incomplete with Justin Herbert? I think that's in the conversation. Um, Herbert, to me, uh, is should you know if you have a top if you have a top six quarterback, which I rate him top six, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have a, 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 a an offense that is middling in EPA per play over the balance. And this, of the season. <clears throat> this is funny too, and I've I've heard other people say this is like. Lombardi thought Herbert was 39-year-old Drew Brees. Like, it was, it was kind of like a similar offense 
And and that's how you take a top six quarterback and have a mid and you know the injuries obviously we, we should just stop talking about the injuries because that's just that's the gloom that's going to hang over this whole thing is yeah every everything's year. an incomplete because the injuries because but the injuries but you agree you agree it, Lombardi even was if a you tool, stay, right? yeah even if you stay healthy the kind of like offensive scheme that was put forth wasn't built around the strengths that you had in at worst a top 10 quarterback and there are teams that would kill to have yeah. a top ten quarterback. I mean, just look at so look at what you know the Browns traded to yeah. get Deshaun Watson. Look what the Jets did to get a an old weirdo who has you know top five <laughs> upside. Like yeah, the, it, it's such a coup. It's to a floor have raiser. drafted yeah. this guy. Yeah, it's and a floor yeah, raiser. A floor floor raiser. I love that. We should use that all year. That's a great one because it is such a floor raiser. You just start you start at second base, man. You have a quarterback, yeah. you probably have a plus EV head coach. Yeah. And when you when you yeah, the that I mean that's 2022 in a nutshell is terrible play calling, terrible usage of your you know, your obvious assets, and then yeah, especially bunch of injuries. The, the, the red zone was so rough. Yeah, bunch of injuries, terrible play calling, sequencing scheme, all of that was a minus. Bad in-game decision making by your coach who used to be you know, the God of going for it. And where does that leave you? 50th percentile in the NFL in offense. So it's like, that's as kind of as bad as it can get <laughs> for the chargers. I feel like, like if they finished below 50th percentile this year with a, well, you know, with Herbert making 12 to 15 games as the starter would be very surprising because he does raise the entire floor of this team. And yet I'm still a little bit, I'm definitely hesitant to put bands around Herbert in terms of his potential that would get him into the MVP discussion. I don't realistically believe that he has much higher to go than some of the highs we've seen from him. Am I selling him short, Andy? It's just, it's, it's tough without seeing, you know, the offense. He he can be in the discussion. It's just, Man, there's there's a couple guys you got to jump. That it's just it's a hard jump. Like the the barrier to clear, like Burrow, Allen, Mahomes is just super super tough at that point. And I mean, uh, you know, we 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 are going to harp on the injuries a little, but you know that that's the the question. Was it the play calling? Was it the scheme? Or was it just well anybody would have had a bad time with these injuries? But I mean, we've seen teams. It's like if you have a plus EV play caller, it is just absolutely next man up. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, you know, the offensive line was pretty decent at times for some of these 49ers teams, but I mean, we can all agree that we have a good play caller up there. We have a good offensive scheme up there. The one year they're, they're on like their ninth running back, and it was just like, oh my God, this guy is, looks great out of the backfield. Like he's going to catch on somewhere when he doesn't have a job in two weeks when people come back. And, you know, the, the, they've been doing it in San Francisco without that head start of having a good quarterback for quite a while now. Like uh, when was the last, the last really good quarterback performance where it's like, hey, this is, this is on the quarterback for the 49ers. I don't know where are we at for that. Kaepernick. <laughs> when he was yeah. really good and like when when RPOs were a little fresher, like it's it's been, you know, injuries are one thing, but uh, you still have to say what do we have left and how do we take advantage of it? And they just repeatedly didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they and then and then at that point, and then you had more injuries. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, well, we're not taking out of this hole. But you'd see flashes. It was odd because when there were, you know, you'd get a single high. And I don't know if it was all just more on Herbert than anything. And he'd make these throws that mm-hmm. would, would lead to points. And, yeah. They're an enigma, man. Uh, Herbert continues to be good at the things that are unstable and unpredictable year over year. Um, the team overall was a great against the spread bet last year. I'm looking at it now. They were, uh, what, 11 and six, 11, six and one, including the loss to the Jaguars. So really 11, five and one in the regular season. Um, they covered against the chiefs twice, but they lost to every single team that made the playoffs except one. They were, all of their losses were against playoff teams. Uh, the only playoff team they beat was the Miami Dolphins, who they beat at home 
after the Dolphins had played in San Francisco the previous week and were in kind of a no man's land. And oh, by the way, they had the cheat codes of, oh, get physical with the wide receivers. They haven't figured out what to do about that yet. Right. Yeah. Like it was, it was a weird, um, it was a weird kind of little bit misleading success for the Chargers last year where the, you know, by market, it would, you know, 11 and five and one in the regular season means you're underrated by market, but you happen to lose to all the good teams. So were you underrated or were you overrated? You know, it's, 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 uh, it is truly an enigma that I can't solve, which has largely kept me away from getting involved with the Chargers at all in this preseason. Uh, cause I'm expecting that some of the off field stuff that we were alluding to end of the road for Staley end of the road for the GM, uh, having pushed all your chips into the table and put players that aren't producing. And now you have to pay Herbert and the entire paradigm shifts. And are we going to relive really the Philip Rivers regime again, uh, where they never oh. quite get competitive and, you know, in a, in a tough AFC, like this all feels like the, you know, you know, in purgatory and perpetuity type of deal where the Chargers are stuck in this 10, 11 win range, uh, never have a home playoff game. In a tough and, AFC, in a tough yeah, division. And may never Especially make it if, to if even Denver, an AFC championship game, let alone Super Bowl. If Denver sorts things out with their quarterback, suddenly it's like, man, we have a top five quarterback and we're just finished third in our division. You know, like yeah. that's that's the floor. Like that's how bad the floor can be if uh, if uh, and you know I don't I don't know what we're going to see from Kellen Moore. It's really hard to make these judgments. We do a lot of this every year, especially when it's you know an offensive play caller or an offensive minded head coach. We did this a bunch with Minnesota last year. We're just like, oh my god, Kevin O'Connell. Just he's you know McVay. Uh, it's it's gonna un, it's gonna unlock all these things, and I mean Justin Jefferson. It certainly that might have happened organically. He's just a very very good player. There was some good things that came out of Minnesota, but it, it's usually not like just this year one crazy turnaround. Now, if you look at some of Dallas's metrics, they did run pretty up tempo offense. Like maybe you'll see that. You'll see maybe some more plays. You'll see a little more up tempo. You'll see hopefully better tight end usage and you know they did add a wide receivers through the draft i'm excited to see what's going to happen but you can't just take it and say this is what they did in dallas this is what they're doing here because you know a, a lot of the scheme the running scheme was different you know the, the players are different and you he's not that much older but a little more experienced quarterback there as well and obviously a way more experienced head coach and a totally different culture with jerry running things so i'm cautiously optimistic we'll talk about that later but kind of sticking to 2022 that's my final prognosis of it it's like hey you despite having a you know a minus ev play caller and a bunch of injuries a bunch of important spots you still got 10 wins you beat you beat a bunch of teams that were worse than you. Yeah. Um, you got to the playoffs. You got a big. I mean, let's call that lead what it is. That twenty-seven nothing lead was off the back of five turnovers. Yeah. Not just five turnovers. Five first half turnovers. Yeah. Like, if and you don't have that were fluky as shit though. Too. Yeah. If you don't have a twenty-four point lead after five first half turnovers to none. Like things have gone horribly awry and you probably deserve to lose a game, which Jesus Christ, they lost anyway. But yeah, I mean, you... and then, and then on the, on the flip side, it's yeah. like, well, they lost all these good playoff teams. Well, they had a bad play caller and uh, you know, we had, uh, we had a lot of injuries. So I, I, it's like, you can give them, you can give them a pass for some of that stuff. And then at the same time, you can be like, Hey, they still were, you know, a better than average team. This is still a team that has a higher ceiling. It's just what well, we do. We do this every year. I mean, we've done this for like three years straight, maybe longer. Where it's like, man, look at this roster, and then <laughs> we get to we get to the end of the year. It's like I fucking shake hands on ten wins last year. <laughs> hey, uh, so, yeah. Uh, what, what? Any final thoughts on the playoff loss? Because that was sort of the defining moment. That was bad taste in my, in anyone's mouth who believed in the Chargers. Good taste for me because I had the Jags that day, and otherwise my wild card weekend would have been awful yeah. if the Jags hadn't won that game. Um, but uh, were there specific things about the way the Jags climbed back in that were indicative of a broken? something beyond the you know just the offensive play calling no i don't know if it was just great second half adjustments but it's funny los angeles had the um 
had the ball to start the second half in that game as well. They and they drove. They drove to like they punted from a weird spot where it's like, hey, you're kind of in that dead zone. They punted, and then from there it was just one way traffic. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if it was you know a really good adjustment uh, from the offense and uh, Chargers kind of got shell shocked. I'd love to sit and actually just rewatch that game. But I mean, there were some boneheaded penalties. There was the Bosa penalty late. It was the the team just it just kind of collapsed. Once it got going, the comeback got going. It just kept kind of collapsing upon itself and just snowballing and got worse. But I mean, coach who hadn't coached in the playoffs, quarterback who hadn't played in the playoffs, like I give him some leeway because. The 27 0 lead was a bit Fugazi to begin with. And they were probably, pretty, <laughs> you know, they were they were pretty evenly matched teams. Fugazi. What a name. What a word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't said that one in a while. Uh, okay. So the I, I don't have the answers really at all to what happened with the Chargers. Um, I don't really yeah. understand uh, how you bungle it that badly. Um, yeah, I, think I, I had to go look. Lawrence had four touchdowns, four interceptions. What a yeah, stat line! Yeah, and they were four touchdowns in the second half. Four interceptions. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the second, all the second half drives were like oh, yeah. it was eighty, like yeah. six plays, eighty-five yards. Yeah, and you know it's 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 problematic if your coach is ostensibly this defensive genius uh, and that's, you can't get a single stop. Rub. You can't get a single stop in the second half when you need it. Um, it's kind of problematic if uh, you know the the. The, the the clear issues you have on your roster um you know are unaddressable because you've allocated all the capital you possibly can uh which brings us to sort of the offseason and some of the some of the uh, changes there's some minuses here they lost some players they added no one so yeah. really the only major kind of change is uh the offensive coordinator position Does yeah that your i don't read? I don't see how like Eric Kendricks had some good years in Minnesota, but it's like this is this was one of the worst run defenses ever. Like just hey, we're gonna give up like six yards of carry in perpetuity. And they really didn't do a lot to address that. They just have a bunch of that guys. I don't know if they hope throwing depth at it fixes it or just changing up some of the scheme. I guess that's remains to be seen. I do, I do like uh, you know the offense a little. I like I like the Quentin Johnston. I guess if you have a good quarterback and you want to make him better, add to the passing. Like if you don't want to take a run stopping linebacker or safety or something with that draft pick, which I certainly wouldn't want to take a take a wide receiver. So wasn't he's not like a big uh, down the field separation guy. Yeah, but he's a bit of it. Like they have a bunch of these guys who are just kind of nasty with the yards after catch, which I, I just sat and just railed on them for throwing stuff short. But between your running back in Eckler, uh, Gerald Everett, and this Quentin Johnston, and then obviously you know the the wide receivers he already had, you have a lot of this you know Miami kind of offense where. You can get a lot of yards after the catch with uh, all the guys on the field. It should be a good offense. We keep this offensive line healthy and Kellen Moore proves his medal. Yeah, a lot of upside, but they didn't make a lot of changes outside of Moore and uh, having draft picks, which I guess is saying something in Los Angeles. Yeah. (laughs) Better than their neighbors. Um, Okay, so let's go through a little bit more carefully here. So you mentioned they add Kendricks. Um, doesn't move the needle for me. Um, the you lose uh, Drew Tranquil. No, I think the the, the Drew Tranquil Kendricks thing is about it's a minus, it's about a wash. Yeah, it's a small minus for me. Um, Matt Filer, I thought was pretty damn decent at uh, guard. He's now in Tampa. Uh, you lose Kyle Van Noy, who wasn't superlative, but he definitely served a pretty important role for you in terms of mixing it up with your pass rush packages. Uh, Nasir Adderley was decent depth piece. He's gone. Bryce Callahan, same thing. He only played 56% of snaps last year, but he was fine. He's gone. Uh, so you're that's four players on the defensive side of the ball, which really impacts your depth more than anything, in my opinion. 
Um, similarly, DeAndre Carter impacts your depth at wide receiver. Uh, and then everybody else that's gone is a, probably addition by subtraction, including Jerry Tillery and, of course, the aforementioned Storm Norton. Um, Storm Norton, no longer. <laughs> man, that guy was something else. Um, the only other addition I guess they had was Nick Williams, who I have no idea if he's good, bad, or otherwise. Only played 20% of snaps last year for the Giants, and I have an incomplete grade for him. So um, do not uh, think realistically you're talking about that different of a team this year with one major exception, which is you're a hell of a lot thinner. And if there's one thing that I would say we have relatively high confidence about this Chargers team is that they're going to sustain injuries and that these guys that have zero track record are going to be put into service and they better be able to step in and do something. Um, there are a couple of weak spots on this, um, on both offense and defense here. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I don't, I guess I don't really have questions about any of the skill position group. The skill position group I have solid. Um, yeah. The offensive line starters I have solid. That's largely thanks to uh, just kind of good grades across the board there. Um, I guess we should give a shout to was it Trey Pipkins the third who stepped in for uh, yeah Sioux Falls Sioux Falls Panther um, yeah he was pretty solid was it Pipkins the third or was it Jamari Saylor who played a lot of a lot of tackle last year was pretty darn good I can't one hundred percent remember. Um, I think they hit on guard Zion Johnson. Rashawn Slater obviously is is awesome if he's on the field. Um, but again, this second unit for the O line is super super suspect. Uh, and uh, tight end looks like a question mark slash problem. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, D tackle is still an issue. Uh, and safety now is an issue for these guys. I don't know who in the world a low high Gilman is, but uh, do not expect him to necessarily step in and light the world on fire free safety, which is kind of truck tricky because of the way that, uh, um, you know, Staley wants to run defense in the too high world that we live in now. So it's there's holes in this roster that I think ultimately keep them from, you know, really being elite. Uh, you know, just kind of looking at the way it's composed, which I think is going to bring into question, uh, you know, the job security of the, of the general manager and the head coach by the end of the season, if they don't, uh, you know, have Herbert make a superhuman leap. So um, tricky, man. This one's tricky. Yeah. And, you know, not fully knowing. And if I'm Kellen Moore, I'm not telling people what I'm going to do. I'm just going to use buzzwords like we're going to be more explosive and <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be doing things more efficiently. We're going to put him in, you know, we're going to put Justin in situations to succeed. Like they're going to, you know, they're just going to say things like platitudes for now. Cause I, I don't want my shit out there in the public, but I mean, from my takeaways is like he used and, you know, there's varying opinions on why we use Pollard so much. Maybe because Zeke wasn't as good. Zeke was still effective at times. He still has like he shouldn't get a lot of money, but he should catch on somewhere. He can be in a he can definitely be an asset in a rotation. Like he used both running backs a lot. I think you'll see more of that. You'll see what is it, Josh Josh Kelly? What name escaping me? It, it, it'll be. I hate to say it's going to be less Eckler and it'll be more effective, but I think that's probably where we're going to get and. Honestly, like I saw this somewhere, and I think it might just be kind of bullshit too. But like someone's a Staley, this was a Staley quote. He said, "I like Kellen Moore if we keep basically saying we're going to get injured." He's <laughs> like, "I like Kellen Moore because look what he did with Cooper Rush, uh, you know, having to step in." He's like, "This guy's great at adjustments due to injuries." It's like, man, Staley, even you know the shit's going to go down because he said that he's, he's, you know, that was something he liked about what uh, what Kellen Moore did at Dallas during his tenure at Dallas. They scored like twenty seven points a game. Like over the the whole stretch of it, and that included a bunch of stuff where you know Dak was missing, and they had a bunch of injuries at offensive line. He did do a good job of adjusting and putting a pretty good product out on the field with that offense every week. So I'm hopeful it's an upgrade. I don't I don't have a very high percentage that it's like uh, an, a lateral move at all. Like it, it this isn't gonna be hey we have shanahan mcveigh mcdaniel and kellen moore like you know in a year we might not be putting him in the up there but it has to be an upgrade so 
that's basically all you can do with the offseason grades outside of Johnston and you know who else did they draft? There was uh, some defense. Uh, the funny oh the the funny draft pick they made was I want to say the fourth round. They didn't have a great starting field position last year. They were one of the worst teams as far as that. So they drafted a guy, probably reached for him a bit, who's basically just a returner. And then like a month later, the league changes the rules where you can just you can just take a fair catch and get it to 25 anyway. So that's very chargers-ish, I suppose. <laughs> Darius Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically um, that that guy is that guy was drafted to return. He's not going to be playing other positions, most likely. That makes sense. Um, okay, so to kind of coalesce some of your thoughts here, Kellen Moore unlikely to be a lateral move, but possible to be an upgrade and possible to be a downgrade. Is that kind of where you're at? You got a bimodal <sighs> distribution for Kellen Moore's uh, 2023 grade when it's all said and done? He's either going to be like, wow, he took the pieces that he had to work with and he killed it. Or he is spoiled milk that, uh, you know, has had, he's been on, because if you buy into the what's, kind of you legacy, percentage game, what's that percentage game? Well, no, it, well, yeah, yeah. But, three, but three saying, buckets, upgrade, downgrade, lateral. Well, let me, let me, let me kind of paint the downgrade picture and with a little more color. Okay. Love to hear this. There's a realistic chance that working in Dallas has spoiled him from ever becoming anything. Yeah, I mean, they, learning, they have, learning from the learning good from receivers, the, learning from the culture you're in matters, right? You transfer mm -hmm. of knowledge from who you're working with matters. Kellen Moore came in under Jason Garrett, showed some things in the first three weeks as offensive coordinator at the NFL level that were wow, <laughs> this guy might be the guy. Is this guy, is this guy gonna? You know, is, is he going to get stolen away from Dallas after a couple of good years? Right? Like, like there was buzz around Kellen Moore after a quarter of one season at OC. Yeah. And then that got stamped out with authority. <laughs> it was the Jason Garrett decision. You know, my my, my uh, fingerprints on this offense matter. Then it was Jerry Jones, my fingerprints on this offense. Steve Jones, my fingerprints on this offense matter. We paid Zeke Elliott. He's not getting enough. So you kind of touched on a lot of this. Like there were a lot of you know cooks in the kitchen. And Kellen Moore went from, I got some ideas that'll take the league by surprise to, okay, I guess this is how we do it. And this is how we do it is like the Applebee's kitchen. And then what do you do when you replace the Jason Garrett? You bring in Mike McCarthy. Is Mike McCarthy now instilling the these ideas of modern NFL in your young offensive coordinator? Not, no, not really. Uh, there were the big innovations. Well, and I think I think the hopefulness is that you know uh, he took a lateral move position wise because he's hoping to instill you know some of the things he's seeing the forward thinking offenses do, you know, th that's, I think that's the biggest hope, but I mean, for me, it's probably 70% upgrade, 20% like lateral, like, Hey, this just didn't work out. And 10%. Oh, like you're just a product of Dallas like this. You're kind of in over your head here without a, some sort of strong leadership group. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another sponsor to take off the list, Applebee's. He got he got uh, he got transferred from the Applebee's kitchen into the Denny's kitchen. I agree with you, AJ. Oh, God. Um, all right. So the so the so the question that I have is like, is he gonna come in with the ideas that he's always had and now he's unfettered by the likes of Garrett and McCarthy and Jones and Joneses, right? Or does he come into this situation having learned all the wrong lessons? and trying to run the kind of offense that we saw sputter at times in Dallas where he's not giving his receivers the opportunity to get yards after the catch. His offense is slogging. He's not exactly sure when or how to use the wide receiver talent that he's got. I mean, the, the running back talent that he's got. He's like, well, 
you know what worked for me in Dallas when the going got tough? We'll put uh, Herbert into a bootleg and he'll throw it to the tight end. We'll have two tight ends coming off a curl. And if one's covered, then it goes to the other one. Like, well, you don't have the personnel for that. So that's not going to work. Uh, I'm not, unless they sign Zeke, I'm not too worried. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like we're we're going we're gonna to yeah. throw this. this, oh, this I guess where we're at is my, my bucket of it's worse than expected for more is not small. <laughs> I think there is a very real chance that he does not really know what to do with these parts. And and yet Herbert probably keeps them in the 50th percentile type of space. But um, I could see this going quite poorly. I could also see this going well. Like there yeah, were think, definitely flashes of time. I feel like we should have had two cool buckets. We, sh- we should have had two buckets for upgrade. Like upgrade as in, hey, this offense is not laughable anymore. Sure, and, sure. Sequence. Oh shit! Like, oh shit! Yeah. He's good. Like the oh yeah. shit! He's good. Yeah, that's pretty small yeah. for me too. I think yeah, the, the hype. Is, the hype is a little, but like just hey, this is a at least somewhat of an upgrade. That's the biggest bucket for me. It's it's almost and that's almost entirely laid on the feet of just what we saw last year. And again, it's hard to look at it through the lens of apples to apples. If if they go through a season and just have really good injury luck, it might just be like, oh, Kellen Moore's very good. Like, yeah, well, he also had the same five linemen start all 17 games. How about them apples? Like that would be great <laughs> for that'd be great for any offensive coordinator to have. So it's gonna it's gonna be one of the most interesting questions we answer for sure. Okay. So in totality, and they have a soft and yeah, and they have a soft landing. We'll do the schedule next. Well, yeah. So then off season grade, I'm gonna give them a C minus. Yeah, the, the personnel not, not for me addressing, is a D. Not addressing a lot of the issues on yeah. defense. Per- personnel for me is a D. Offensive coordinator choice was a B, B plus. minus. B plus. Uh, you gave him B plus. See, they, they wasn't just, there wasn't you weren't going to get an elite guy. I didn't think without giving him the bag. I mean, honestly, you know what they should have done is brought in Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Bring guy in in division. Start getting some of the you know how what is Andy Reid doing? Let's just you know that that would have. I would have been much more inspired by that personally um, than Kellen Moore, but uh, we shall see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's amazing. And if the Chargers are great out of the gate, then, uh, you know, it's ship's going to sail without me. I'm fine with that. Um, let's look at the schedule. Pretty easy for an AFC schedule, I have to say, but not that easy. Um there are a couple of scheduled losses, most notably week three at the Vikings. Uh, I would also consider week nine at the Jets a scheduled loss, uh, to me at least. Um, your big rest disadvantage spots, week 10 and week 12, while they are against good offenses, are at least mitigated by you don't have to travel as much as your opponent. Uh, The one that really stands out as just an absolute sorry F you you lose is week seven at KC. And that matters in the context of winning your division and getting a home game, Andy. I don't know if I uh, need to tell you, but you have a absolute behemoth in your division that you have to get through one one game in the playoffs and uh that ain't gonna help yeah having kansas city off the mini buy at home after a tough game versus dallas you know that sucks like that (laughs) the, the scheduling of i don't know if i'm a chargers fan you know obviously i'm very interested in the schedule when it comes out but those that my eyes are instantly going to be drawn to those two games. Where did Kansas City end up on the schedule? Yeah, and I mean, unless you know, I don't know, a bunch of teams just aren't very good, and something happens where Kansas City has home field blocked up. Like it just feels like in the AFC, the odds of a team resting players, like. Well, I guess it's funny because the Chargers should have last year, but (laughs) you know, Kansas City resting players doesn't seem all that likely in Week 18, just based on how good some of these other teams will be and how important. Like it's it's not one of those where uh, we have a top two seed, we have a bye, our quarterback's dinged up, maybe we should rest him. Like the one seed is so important now, so it sucks um, that you know, having them last might not even matter that much. And obviously the, the schedule spot for them there. And then a little bit of a soft middle, but there's a bunch of teams and they basically play the what if squad. Like what if Great Miami point. is what, you know, what if Miami 
was going to be a really good team that just had really bad quarterback injury luck, and suddenly they're a very good team. What if Deshaun or Deshaun De, DeAndre Hopkins is in Tennessee, and that offense is kind of humming a little at the beginning of the season? What if Minnesota's offense is still good and they weren't just that lucky? You know, what if Dallas keeps it going? What if Chicago actually has something going with the with Justin Fields? What if the Jordan Love experiment, you know, turns out just fine with those young receivers? What if the Detroit hype is real? What if Lamar is back? What if New England is back? It's all, and obviously Denver. Denver is a huge what if that has a high upside with the quarterback coach combo. Like the schedule could kind of suck. Like they need a bunch of these coin flip. We should call them like coin flip teams where these teams have a very bimodal outcome of. You know, it doesn't feel like it's going to be middling. It's like, oh, this works or it doesn't. I feel like Minnesota could just be bad if if uh, things don't flip their way like they did last year. Like they need a bunch of these teams to not be to the good side of what ifs. <laughs> and yeah, as Patrick points out, a lot of the games are just coin flips. There's so many games that are under a field goal, and they, as a team just inherently play a lot of close games over the last like few seasons. They're one of the league leaders in how many games have ended one way or the other within a score. Like, uh, it'd be nice if they could just blow some teams out. I can't hmm. imagine being a fan of this team. It just <laughs> has to be fucking just a grind every week. It's just a grind, yeah. And yeah, okay. I mean, obviously, you got, you got Buffalo, you got Kansas City twice. You got some pretty decent offenses, some offenses with some upside. I mean, how many – you play the Jets – you play Baltimore, you play Kansas City. What is that like the last six MVP awards? Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you play you play a bunch of, a lot of good quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not a good schedule. No. And they have and they have a shitty home field advantage. That's a great point. I can't imagine they're gonna be plus one at hosting Buffalo, even though they have rest and travel advantage there. Um can't imagine they'll be plus two versus Kansas City unless they are, like you said, Kansas City's got the one seed locked up. And I think that's an important wrinkle that we did, didn't we need to double down on in talking about it. Your first matchup against your divisional opponent, you are screwed. Your second matchup against your a divisional opponent, you are only at an advantage if they have already <laughs> have already be, knocked you out of a if home. If they've point. beaten you, yeah, <laughs> yes. it, yeah, you, yeah. you're Yes. At this point, we're sitting in July and we're hoping, as, <laughs> if you're a Chargers back, you're we're hoping, hoping we're out with the NFC West, AFC West yeah, is, you, is done and decided. You're hoping you, you have no chance in week 18 of winning the division <laughs> so you can get a freebie. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's not yeah. a good schedule. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's, super... it's not. You're right. Um, I want to point out that uh, it will be, it will be fascinating. You know, the, the judge, judgment day for Kellen Moore. And all that uh, kind of navel gazing we were just doing. It's week six. You draw a good defense in the Dallas Cowboys. It's Kellen Moore's old team. He should know them like the back of his hand from having spent years there. Mm-hmm. If Kellen Moore doesn't have his offense figured out by week six with an extra week to prepare, then he's not figuring it out. Would you agree with that? I do think those things take time, but. If that's the case, I won't feel very good about like <laughs> I won't feel good about Chargers it. Chargers score oh. twenty points against Dallas. You're gonna be like, Wow, okay. Well, you had a whole Dan, two weeks Dan to get Quinn, ready for Kellen that. Moore grudge match. Yeah, that yeah, Dan Quinn is gonna put more in a blender. Does feel like that. Um if Dan Moore if Dan Quinn with one week puts Kellen Moore in a blender with two weeks, that's uh, that tells you a lot, I think. Um I definitely look at uh, opening week as an interesting week one total. Um, fascinating matchup against the Miami Dolphins, who you beat convincingly at home last year, late in the season, by copying San Francisco's approach and jamming the shit out of their wide receivers. Um, I don't know if that's solvable for Miami. Presumably, they've thought about that all offseason and will have some answers. I lean Miami in that game. Uh, but I would rather have three. Uh, I definitely like the under in that game. It's up to it was at fifty, I think, on the open, which is too many. It should be like forty-seven. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, that'll be kind of a very, very early bellwether for these guys. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the yeah, Patrick points out, it feels like that's a, uh, feels like week one yeah, matters come seriously. week 18 when we're looking at wildcard tiebreakers. Yeah, it really does. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I've seen co- little, little for early games, you know, some small stuff yeah. here and there that's going to work against you. Little bull brought this up and the chat. And I think so did birdie earlier. That's just something that hasn't always been available to betters, but betting the win totals in season live. That's something that happens more and more. And I like where you guys heads are at as far as you can, you know, if you wanted to fade a hot team, you just have to fade them game by game, or you do have this, this option with some of these books where they are, they're going to hang win totals in season and you can say, well, I'm willing to bet, you know, against this team that started off a little bit hot that might might be a little bit of a mirage at this point. So I think those are fun angles to look at for sure. Okay. And let's yeah, let's odds? look at the odds. The um Super Bowl price for the Chargers is 25 to 1. The AFC price is 13 to 1. AFC West is plus 260. Big old number for a team with a top six quarterback. Um make the playoffs yes no is almost even odds uh kind of, that kind of surprises me the most um win total over under is set at nine and a half with juice of minus 128 to the over um this is an alt ish team i think no. um i see a pretty high likelihood in terms of range of outcomes that they finish more than two wins to the good or bad because there's a bad with, here, Andy. Even, yeah, even with there even with a, a tough schedule, Drew. Like, what if what if we end up in that? I put it at like twenty percent. That twenty percent bucket was like, oh shit, Kellen Moore is him. Like, yeah, he, of course. He's he's been like, you know, they from, stay from healthy. The day Kellen Moore's the got day the goods. That he heard from them. He's been like figuring out how to build an offense around Justin Herbert. They got this figured out. They're a juggernaut. They're a thirty point a team. Thirty points per game team. Like what's what's the ceiling? Remembering that it's still a very tough schedule, and if you score thirty points per game, that doesn't mean you just automatically beat the Chiefs. Right. It's more of like kicking a hornet's nest. So scoring thirty usually it's a bad bad outcome for teams. Okay, uh, let's talk range of outcomes then. Um, Super Bowl in the range of outcomes for you? Yeah, more no, than for one, sure. More than one percent. You can't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like. Oh, to win it or yeah. to, to, to reach to win it. the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl, or yeah. I will say, yeah, here you go, more than two percent because they're 25 to one. Yeah, it's 25 to one. So, well, that's like that's four percent. That's four, they're definitely not four percent for me. No, I'd, I'd uh, those odds were not enticing whatsoever. <laughs> they are not <laughs> Look, I don't want to bet it. I don't yeah. want to bet it. I don't know why. And obviously, shop around. Dan, we just have you know, producer Dan puts those together, he just grabs them all from. You know, some of the legal books shop around. There's always going to be a better price for everything if you have enough outs. But no, uh, win the Super Bowl probably one to two percent reach. It's it. in the range Re- of outcomes, but it's small. Yeah, yeah, reaching it, it's like win the Super Bowl one to two percent reach it two to three percent. It's uh, yeah, yeah, right. But, it, once you yeah. once you get there, you're you're in good shape because you've beaten. Yeah, you know, the, the first chunk the first chunk of outcomes that has meaningful probability for me is they win a playoff game. They could win a playoff game. I don't know if they're going to even on the road they they last year. It's the same damn team, but they could win a playoff game. I think that's sort of the, the upper bound realistically of, of what their range is. Um, most of their outcomes, I think, are just make, just miss. But then there is a downside for sure, because as we kind of went through pretty clearly, I have them as the eighth most talented team on paper for starters. I have them as the 31st most talented team on paper for reserves. Yeah. So one or two guys get hurt, and you have a number of guys with a proclivity for getting hurt and a number of guys who are at the longer end of their career in terms of years of service that seems likely that there will at least be some uh reserve time that you are asking of your players if that ends up being key positions secondary pieces where you are currently looking somewhat strong on paper then all of a sudden we're talking like seven wins is realistically in the cards nine and a half win total 
under seven and a half would be, I think, uh, a decent bet if you can get anything better than plus 250. Yeah. Um, they did. They did do him a little bit of a solid the game last week, last week, last year. It was an 8-15 Eastern start for the Jags game, but it kind of feels like no matter what, they have a shitty travel spot for the wild card game. Like, oh, you, you got to play Kansas City. Now you go home and you either travel to what? Yeah. Jacksonville, Buffalo, New York, Miami. Well, play Kansas City at home, uh, right? Yeah. So it's oh yeah, yeah. That that one is the home game. So you do get the you do get the home game, but then you're almost certainly traveling to the East Coast for a, a playoff yeah. game. Like you have a you have a cross country trip scheduled in. You're going to Buffalo. You're going to Baltimore. You're going to Cincy. You're going to like, Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's yeah. Your, you're what's right. your, the closest possible one would be like what? Nashville, if that works out. You know Nashville, Pittsburgh. You know some of those. I mean, they're not super likely. No, the closest one is that KC gets the four seed some weird way, somehow, (laughs) some way, and you play KC back to back weeks. (laughs) Yeah, that's not good. Um, I guess I'm changing my opinion. The highest chunk, first time there's meaningful chunk, is probably losing in the uh, Super Wild Card round, right? There's maybe there is a kind of a decent ceiling on these guys. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be essentially an East Coast road game of the playoffs, and then after that, you're playing a tougher team where you're playing one of the you know three four best teams in the AFC. It's it's still a very mm-hmm. uphill battle for you know new coordinator trying to stay healthy, get the offense figured out. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's a high ceiling because of because of the names on the paper. It's just such a talented roster of first string starters. Like you said, the depth sucks, but yeah. if they're healthy, it's what a top five roster? Top, uh, yeah. Well, let's say top, top ten. I'm not, surely, maybe top yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. just some some in of that, the names, some of the names in in the yeah. secondary, some of the names in the wide receiver room. Yeah. Derwin yeah. James still freaking awesome. Joey Bosa, if you get a full season out of him, he could put up some pretty st- you know impressive statistical uh, numbers for you. Um, I think Quentin Johnson's not a crazy look at offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I'm out on Herbert MVP. I just don't think I that's r- realistically. I, I think his ceiling is probably like number three. I don't think his ceiling is one. Um, and again, I don't think the Chargers realistically are winning the West, which you kind of have to do if you're going to win MVP. Sorry to say. Um, I don't know that anyone would let you parlay that. It's so, <laughs> so fucking correlated. Like, if yeah. they get 14 wins and even split with the chiefs but win mm-hmm. the division like mm-hmm. fuck he's getting votes baby so what is the betting plan of attack or just in general the betting profile uh, charles betting saul profile. has a unique uh you know i've seen these markets it's uh it's similar to what you'll see in some of the tennis markets like exact round of exit um you can get five to one for divisional round three to one for wild card round i really think the floor is high enough that they end up with a six, seven seed okay. kind yeah. of, you know, there's a worst case where they win six, seven games because of injuries and things not working out with the, the new offensive game plan. But it does feel like they just lose that first game an awful lot of times yeah. getting them th- three to one to lose a game that they're going to be what I mean, it, it depends. A lot of things can happen between here and January, but they were what a, a short, short favorite they would have something in the ballpark of a 33 percent chance to win at buffalo and at kansas city and at cincinnati aggregately i think yeah if you can't take the average of those three outcome of those three potential matchups they'd be in the 33 percent if they go at that's the thing yeah it's gonna be bigger if you get three to one of them to lose in the wild card round you You just gotta hope they it's you gotta hope it's not jacksonville when i think you're good yeah. yeah 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 I mean, or you can just bet Jacksonville at that point if you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, could or, be Miami. Bet, bet the, could excuse be, me, could be Miami, the, could be Baltimore. Still, I think they're also possible, of course, for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, anything about the DNA of this team to make up the strengths, the weaknesses that tells you this is how I'm going to treat them for uh, uh, an in-game or a halftime bet? Because I don't know if you remember that uh, that chart we had up with the schedule, Andy, but there were five. Count them five. Bold games where this team is going to be in prime time. So we're going to have to make a lot of decisions over the balance of the season about what to do with oh. them in halftime. I liked, uh, I liked the halftime adjustments for Dallas for the most part. Um, okay. 
we'll see. It's going to kind of be a, I got to see what they do with this offense after okay. halftime first couple of weeks and see where we're at. So it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I don't have so a you're, strong. You're like your second half over second half comeback is kind of where your mind is. If they're, if things are not going well and then choking away a lead seems certainly in their DNA. Um, and uh just, I, I was thinking there was one game where they had a really, um, I feel like we might have bet the Cowboys or the over in that. Uh, it was Colts Cowboys where they scored 33 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But the Colts had some yeah. weird games, man. Finally. I remember getting an absolutely ridiculous price, I think three weeks in a row against the Colts in the second half. Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, Chargers, Giants down the stretch. The Colts were lined like, they're feisty. Maybe they'll come back, and they just got curb stomped in the second. I don't half think anyone's ever gotten games. curb stomped that much by the, uh, <laughs> in a fourth quarter. Thirty-three nothing in a fourth they, they, quarter. It's hard. It's hard, um, especially when right. you're already losing by a decent amount. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't like oh, those are all garbage points. No, they get that mm. shit kicked out of them. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Dan, thank you as always for producing this wonderful episode of the deep dive. I hope you enjoyed our chargers breakdown. And if you're a chargers fan, uh, I don't know what to do, man. Um, go, go to your, go to the God of your choice, go to church, your church of your choice and, uh, and make peace with your God because your team's cursed. And that's kind of where the problems start. So with that, uh, let's hit the music. 